0: Right at the beginning of Galatians, Paul sets out his testimony as evidence of the truth of the gospel of Jesus and it's the same with us as disciples. The gospel of Jesus is true and our testimony of life is part of the evidence which illustrates that it's true. As Jesus says in Matthew 6, by their fruit you will recognise them. In this Playmakers podcast series we talk about the message of Galatians with real people and think about how this gospel of Jesus has transformed, underpinned and built the lives of men and women of God. These are not the testimonies of people from far away but people who sit next to us at CCBS on Sundays and in small groups. Real people who show that Jesus is Lord in their daily lives. In this episode of the playmakers podcast we talk about the fruit of the spirit and nurturing a healthy root we talked to barbara tom and Noel about fruitfulness pruning spiritual disciplines it was great fun to record and we hope you enjoy listening to it
1: hello and welcome to the playmakers galatians podcast i'm your host matt and i'm joined by my co-host nigel hello nigel hello matt so we're joined with new guests uh, in the studio today. Um, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourselves and say something really interesting about yourselves. I'll start so that you can have some time to think. Uh, as I said, my name is Matt and uh, when I was age 22, I came third in the National wine glass Class Sailing Championships. Wow! Introduce yourselves please.
2: Hi, I'm Noel. I just moved here from the States in May. I have been going to CCBS since then. I had some good pizza for lunch today. Fantastic. Great to have you, Noel.
3: Hi, my name's Tom. I'm married to Noel, and we met in California at Bethel School of Supernatural
1: Ministry. Cool. Nice to have you, Tom. Oh, and
3: who's this?
4: My name is Barbara, Barbara Bird, and I've been coming to the church for 32 years. I'm a ma of two sons, a grandma of three, and one little girl, which is the first in the family. Anything interesting, my grandpa, this is not about me, it's about my grandpa. (laughs) My grandpa was the Queen Mother's Toastmaster.
1: Wow. Okay, Barbara, you win
4: thank you hold on i
1: haven't shared my interesting thing oh come on then
0: my interesting thing is i'm nigel i've been coming to the church for about three and a half years my interesting thing is that i married tom and noel
1: wow okay and they still together brilliant (laughs) (laughs) so guys we've got a big question to ask you today the question today is how do you care for your root to produce the best fruit and do you want to give us some explanation on that nigel
0: okay so we're not tiptoeing around the edge of galatians anymore we are diving right into the center because the most obvious passage in the whole of galatians that we need to talk about is galatians chapter 5 the fruit of the spirit because the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience goodness kindness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law and it continues since we live by the spirit Let us keep in step with the Spirit. And in many ways, this is the most obvious passage and the biggest question. The idea of the vine and the fruit is actually one of Jesus' ideas. It's from John 15, and Paul then takes it further. And I think that if we're... Don't try and put me off, Barbara. I'm so sorry. I think that if we're thinking about the fruit, we need to think about the root as well, because... The fruit that we produce is always consistent with our root, and this is a series of sermons for me as far as I'm concerned. So I wonder if the church over the years, over the centuries, has spent far more time polishing their fruit than they have dealing with their root. But that's another question. So finally, the most important thing, because I'm a pedant, it is not fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> it is the fruit of of the spirit as Matt has heard on any number of occasions. So how do you care for your root to produce the best fruit, Matt?
1: Okay, what do we mean by root? That's a good question. Okay, so what do you think we mean by root?
4: (laughs) Okay, I'll chip in with another question then that we can all ponder. Healthy roots or stunted growth is something that I want to talk about. Which isn't that
0: dissimilar really, is it? No.
4: I think it's true. So we either sow to the spirit or we sow to our flesh. If we sow to our flesh, we don't grow roots.
0: Okay, so could you de-religiousify that for me? <laughs> because what do you mean by sow to the flesh?
4: Well, I think it talks about well worldly things. So you've talked about some of those things on your first podcast that I heard, which was brilliant. So it's choosing what we give ourselves to. I think do we give ourselves to kingdom and the spirit in our lives or do we give ourselves to the flesh
0: see I would say that I'd agree with that I think the the, we can choose because we're not vines (coughs) we're like vines we can choose where we put our roots and where we put our roots is where we gain our nourishment from Mm -hmm. we do gain it from the sunshine and we do gain it from the rain but actually the nutrients that are most important for a plant are in the soil so then therefore where do you feel your roots are to anybody
4: okay well I've probably lived a lot longer than you guys and so I've I've just had a bit more practice and I've got things wrong on a number of occasions and learnt from it so I learn now to rush to God as quickly as I can so if I'm struggling or you know, there's some suffering going on. I go straight to God because I've learned that if I don't, I just get myself in trouble. Really,
1: I wish I, I wish I could say that I did the same, uh, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, no. I, I, often find that that when, uh, when I'm faced with a problem, the first thing that I do. Is is I moan to my poor wife oh. <laughs> about it. and and uh, and and what she normally says is okay well what does God say and that's when I go to God <laughs> so she's she's a bit of a signpost <laughs> in, in in that regard um uh I mean it, it used to be that I'd speak to absolutely everybody yeah. um before I go to God uh but God's been prompting me on that uh, as well. Sometimes, actually, he—he's the one that will will uh, highlight the problem yeah. <laughs> before I even know it's there, um, as well. But again, coming back to the—you know—the—the the, what we mean by by root uh, uh, for, for me when when I read this question, it's um, how do I how do I nurture the relationship yes. that I have with God in order to be the best version of Matt that that God wants me to be. Or
4: to be more Christ-like. Yeah, well, Matt, even, even more better. More Christ-like. <laughs> Absolutely. Good
1: job you're here, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> thank, th- thank goodness uh, for, for you. What do other people think?
2: Okay, so I guess when I hear the main question about nurturing roots or nurturing relationship with God, my mind immediately goes to spiritual disciplines, which I feel like is a term that a lot of people don't like to hear maybe the word discipline but I think there's kind of a tension between being a Christian walking in freedom and having this relationship with God that I want to tend to so I want to be doing things like reading scripture being in prayer maybe fasting maybe things like that just the, the normal spiritual disciplines having community etc etc um, and then there's the tension of not wanting to be in religion in doing those things so not wanting to constantly feel like I have to stick to doing these things. And if I mess up, then I've failed God and I've failed my community. I think that there's such a thing as having a really healthy relationship with spiritual disciplines. So yeah, when I when I hear the question, that's what comes to my mind of what are the things that I'm doing to love God in my daily life, like having a good relationship with scripture and, and learning to love it and having a good relationship with prayer and learning to love actually spending time in that, which I realize is maybe not the most Easier natural thing for a lot of Christians.
0: So, how have you learned to love it then? Because those things, for some Christians, those things you've said, particularly fasting, I would imagine, <laughs> but prayer and uh, those disciplines, they don't sound interesting to most Christians. I love them too, but how did you fall in love with them?
2: Yeah, I'm still working on fasting, so I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll But you had a nice pizza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I don't know. Tom and I had a a little conversation about this yesterday, actually. We were talking about this, but I guess for me, the falling in love with it is doing it again and again. I realize that might not work or it doesn't make sense. But for me, the act, the way that I fell in love with scripture was to say, "Okay, I'm going to come to this every single day. And to begin with, it was the normal thing of like, this isn't interesting. I'm not enjoying this. I don't understand this, et cetera, et cetera. But I actually found that the the more I did it, the more dependent I became on it, the more dependent I became on time with God, no matter if it was, quote, productive or not. And like, even if you're reading a chapter of scripture a day and you get through the chapter and you're like, oh, I don't even know what good that did. It's the fact that I came to the Lord in scripture, in his word. I sat with him. I talked with him. And then I guess the more that I came to do that, the more I grew in love for it, because I realized how dependent I was on it and on that time with him, so for me it really was a practice of just coming to it again and again and again, even if at the beginning it didn't come naturally or wasn't easy for me. Um, I'd say the same in prayer. So.
3: Yeah, I um, so I'd add to that a little bit. Noel and I uh, were discussing this yesterday, yeah. and we were talking because, for me personally, I felt as though I have. I've always had a desire to love God, but I struggle. Firstly, I struggle a bit with the word discipline as it is. It's not a word that's come naturally in my life. Secondly, I don't love reading and I certainly don't love not eating. So it's sometimes I feel like I've gone through, through stages of feeling a bit like every time I open the Bible, I'm either overwhelmed, like where do I start? or i'm fresh i'm i feel a little bored or i feel a little where do i actually go here or what am i learning or well, i've read this piece before mm-hmm. and i think something that i feel maybe is a is a compelling question to ask as we're talking about doing things on a regular basis that just tend to our relationship with god is asking ourselves why why am i doing this because um I feel a little bit like in the same way as if you're playing in a football team, your why towards training is that you want to play the game mm-hmm. and you don't just want to play the game, but you want to score a touchdown. You want, if you're, if we're talking about playmakers in American football <laughs> or you want it on theme, well, <laughs> <laughs> etc. like you actually, you know, like and, and the joy that you see someone um, feel in those moments that didn't just come out of a, out of a vacuum that has come through months of hard work and training and I think sometimes the same is true as we want to see the fruit of the spirit in our lives we want to see people's lives changed we want to have the joy of seeing um, those incredible stories of healing or of spiritual and emotional healing uh, or physical healing that we see in people's lives and we want to be able to pray for people and see people changed. But the, the emotion and the joy of those moments in our lives, I think, can come through spending time knowing who God is, understanding what God says about us, what God says about the lost, what God says about the poor, what God says about the church. And the more that we gain those things, it's almost like we're saying, well, I'm part of why I'm doing this is because I want to see, I want to see God's love break out in my own life and i want so it's almost for me it's almost a understanding that the, that, that part of my relationship with god there's a why to it there's a like, i actually want to see those amazing things that god talks about yeah. um happen yeah. so it's like in the same way, you know what's often counterintuitive it seems to me is that
0: um as people we want to see the fruit so we want to see god do these amazing things and Our automatic reaction when we want to improve our fruit is to focus on making our fruit better. But the reality is it doesn't happen instantaneously. If your roots aren't correct, if your roots aren't good, if they're not deep down, then actually the fruit one is producing is not going to be as good as it could be the difficult thing I think for most Christians particularly for new Christians but it's also a problem for Christians who have been Christians for decades and decades Mm -hmm. is to back off from the fruit and to think okay why is my fruit small or bitter or strange or Mm -hmm. you know deformed I know that Morrisons would nowadays sell that fruit but (laughs) why is it the way it is yeah
4: I think Uh, it's recognizing that it's a long game not a short game so maturity can take a lifetime and in fact Mm -hmm. we should work on it constantly and even if you're 90 you can still go deeper and in fact there's a danger in not going deeper but James just just going back to a point that was made earlier James talks about drawing near to God and he will draw near to you and that whole scripture speaks about if we draw near to god there's a like a download of grace it's there's a divine exchange that happens whether we feel it or not because there's a mystery you know we look tend to look at things in a worldly way don't we if we if we sit and look at scripture or we sit and pray or we sit and meditate or whatever And we sit there and think, well, I didn't feel anything there. But there is a divine exchange that's happening because grace is being downloaded. And it's as our character changes, we become more Christ-like and we bear fruit. But it doesn't happen overnight. It happens during a lifetime.
1: I remember when I first became a Christian and like (laughs) the the fruit, it was like, oh, wow, I've got to be I've got to be all of that. (laughs) It was a little bit overwhelming. And then as you, as you grow, as you as you get to know God even more, actually, you start to notice all of a sudden some of this fruit appears out of nowhere. You make decisions in a different way than you may have done previously. So, for example, if I look at my life 15 years ago where I was a cheat, I was a womanizer, I was a liar. And yet I, I look at a little bit later, a little bit further on, and we're talking maybe only six months into me being a Christian. I'm none of those things anymore. I'm a, In fact, I'm a completely different person. You know, the, the word says I'm a new creation and you start to see that. One thing that I did practically was on my bathroom mirror in my flat that had been a bachelor pad, I wrote down all the fruits of the spirit so that when I looked at myself in the mirror in the morning, I started to see, actually, this is where God is having an effect on my life. And it wasn't that I was trying to be intentional and saying, "All oh, right, OK, I want to be particularly kind or I want to specifically have self-control in this particular area. It was, it was actually, I just want to get to know God more. And through that, through spending time with him, I'm going to. I'm gonna start to look more and more like him. I'm an adopter, but something that I'm really interested in is is family and how you look like your family, whether or not you are blood related. So my children, although we're not blood related, they look like Esther and I in terms of the way that they speak, act, their sense of humor. It's got, I think the word's epigenetics. And, And actually, you know it's the same of us when we become children of god through epigenetics in a way we we start to just look more and more like him and of course you know he's got he's he's the perfecter of that fruit isn't he
3: yeah no i think two really interesting things that kind of come out from what you're saying matt is one is from your story you you've got to know who god is and certainly you've got to know what god says about you i think to to get to that point like I think one of the most vital things about tending to your root is understanding like who you're rooted in, you're rooted in God, but actually that God's foundational thoughts about you are love. Like God created mankind and he created humanity and said, it's very good. Everything else in Genesis 1 is good and he looks at us made in his image and says, that's very good. And God calls us his children. God calls us his beloved, royal priesthood. And you can go on for all the different things that we're called at various points. But when you understand who you are, I think that does change your your expectation. So I worked for a charity for children with various disabilities. And we were told not to use the word naughty because what you're doing is you're actually creating an identity statement um, on that person based on their behavior instead the bad choices that they're making or the difficult the challenging behavior is how we put it means that what this is right now is challenging but actually who you really are is is different mm. so that's one point i think just the second brief point is i love how you were saying about putting the fruits kind of on the wall to look at because i think again that's that's us reminding ourselves daily of because because the ultimate producer of the fruit of the spirit obviously is God Mm. is the Holy Spirit so if we're looking at who he is in his output we're also able to be inspired by how we want to look just like that Mm. and I think again that psychologically is making a difference to then how we act in the day-to-day as Mm. well as how we're spiritually intertwined with God
4: yeah that's so good Tom because I was reminded that about 10 years ago I looked at the fruit of the spirit and thought what what you know there's so many of them what's important and i remember picking two that i thought i would love to see birthed in my life and that was faithfulness and love and so i set about praying and asking the holy spirit to develop it and you know i almost forgot about it and then we went through a season in the church where people were sending anonymous postcards um, and they would sort of design them. And somebody anonymously sent me a postcard. I mean, it was a good five or ten years later saying, just wanted to encourage you, you're faithful and loving. And I just thought, wow. that's amazing, God. You know, you've done that. And that was because I was seeking it, I think, although it took rather a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes we, we can't always see the, the birth of fruit in, in our lives. Uh, you know, we, we've got blind spots and we I think we do need people around us who can help us with that who can maybe not not always not just encourage but maybe sometimes provoke us so like do you guys have anyone that you're accountable to who can can maybe help you decipher where where you've seen this this fruit grow
4: yes I do I mean I you know obviously I've been in the church for a long time so I've got long and deep relationships I'm heavily into home group great advocate for home groups um, because if you walk with people during your life you allow them into your life and you end up being authentic the longer you know them so that's really good. Um, So yes I do have accountability partners and you know recently I lost Brian and so I found those relationships incredibly valuable i mean they were a safety net but i also found somebody who'd walked that path before i had and met up with them regularly to say you know i'm feeling like this is this normal and it was yes that's normal that's okay um and i was able to be open with them and i think sometimes when you go through seasons you need people when you're going through difficult times it's great to have relationships that you formed in the good times to be able to rely on as a safety net really
1: what about you guys uh do you have people that you're accountable to
2: yeah i'm reminded of a pastor that we both know um at bethel we were in his office one day and we were sat around and he said i just want you to write down five things that you hear from the holy spirit that he says that you are and we wrote down our five things. And then I, you know, he asked us to read them out. I read mine out. And one of mine was patience. And he said, patience. I said, yeah. And then he laughed at me. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) and it's basically like, are you sure you heard that? And I was like, no, I did hear that. And, and that was my little gentle, uh, accountability from him that I could work in my patience. So, (laughs) but I was just reminded of that story because that is someone that I'm accountable to. And that, is a good person to call things out in me, but also made me think because that was a couple years ago and in my eyes, I'm still very much growing in that, but kind of made me think of a question that I was thinking about when I heard this, this question, if you don't mind my d- asking. But since he said that to me, I have not tried to produce patience in my life myself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I have not every day been like, all right, I gotta make sure that today I do something patient You know, because I think something that can be a bit dangerous when I think about this question is that I don't want my tending to my fruit to be a means to an end, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I don't want my like time with God, scripture, prayer, whatever it is, however you tend to your fruit to be. This is so that I can become more patient in my life, Mm -hmm. even though that will happen as a result of my spending time with Jesus since he is patient. Does that make sense? Like, not wanting it to be a means to an end, but realizing that the tending to my fruit is the end and that that is the point. And that my fruit really, a lot of the time, is just going to come out of that as a result, almost like an overflow of the fact that I'm always with someone who is all of these fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. If that makes sense?
1: Otherwise, the fruit of the Spirit becomes... Your God for you, really, right, right. rather than the one who is God right. and deserves the glory, yeah. and who is all these things. We're doing it in a way to serve Him better and bring more glory to Him, yeah. not for people to go, "Oh wow, aren't you so patient? Yeah. Oh wow, you have so much self-control. Oh Matt, aren't you kind?" Uh, no, <laughs> it, it's much more about saying, "Okay, fine, no, let's give that glory to God." Why? I think when when I'm when I do exhibit fruit of the spirit it's and people comment on it it's a way to just point people back to god it's another testimony to give glory to the one who deserves the glory i just
0: want to just step sideways again to this accountability thing because i think it's really important it's important i think to say that your people that you're accountable to the people you share life with change over time so I've been a Christian for a long time and I've gone through different phases. I've served in churches. I've served out of churches. I've done all sorts of stuff. And during those times, God has brought into my life people who have been most helpful. So before, way before I was at the, uh, the uh, community church here, a member of the community church was doing their counselling course and I needed a counsellor so they practised on me. And it was an incredibly helpful thing for me because I needed somebody to talk things over with and they gave me a discipline that I found incredibly hard to start with just to go back to the disciplines even he told me sit for half an hour in silence now that was really hard for me <laughs> in itself I'm really good at it now and it just helped me learn how to tune into God And often if we have a relationship with people who we're accountable to, that means we also have to sometimes trust that they know what they're doing more than we do and that they give us those spiritual disciplines. And I've had other times where I've had people I've walked with. I mean, my friend Jim, who was a pastor, a Baptist pastor, um, he died a few years ago. He was one of the pastors of one of the larger churches in the UK, um, and he gave me time. And I was just Nigel Mm. and he gave me time and sat with me. And not only that, when I suggested something, he would take his notebook out and make a note of what I'd suggested and go back to it later. That humility was just awesome. To see the fruit of the spirit in other people and to be able to imitate that and to see that it's just such a blessing.
4: That's um, what you've brought up there about disciplines. There's also pathways, you know. And it's really important that when we spend time with God that we pray as we can. We don't do it as we can't. And spiritual pathways are really important. So there'll be a way that you connect with God in this season that is just fruitful for you. It brings you life. And it's great. There's a there's a, a good book... Um, altberg god is closer than you think he's got a chapter on it in there it's very accessible but i think as well it's important not to be a one-trick pony with your disciplines you know to sort of explore different disciplines like nigel was saying that centering prayer i'm assuming that you were shown to sit in silence and yield to God. And I use that. I've seen so much fruit from that as a discipline, but as good charismatics, we find that quite difficult to do, I if think you sometimes. If you can't
0: raise your hands and shout Absolutely. hallelujah, it's not real worship, is it?
4: Yeah, that's right. But you know, to sit, you know, I've seen so much change. And if you, if you can sense that you have a sore spot to actually sit with God, it can bring healing in that quietness in that stillness and there's a maturing that divine exchange again that happens so we ought not to be one trick ponies we should explore all different types of discipline in our walk with god and it's like a toolkit really that you can bring out at different times
1: so we've talked about silent prayer we've talked yep. ab- uh, uh, about about uh, reading scripture yeah um uh, worship what other what other pathways are there
4: well, we've talked about accountability and authenticity in relationship, but what about journaling? I mean, sometimes journaling is brilliant when you're struggling to, to get these things out of your head or you're struggling to even wonder what you're thinking, to actually journal before god is a great way
0: actually as a writer because i'm not able to say this very often as a writer oh, <laughs> no. i've got a shelf full of little black books i always take notes as as tom knows i take notes at everything and the reason i take notes isn't because i go back and read them because i'm not great at going back and reading them but it's my way of getting it into my head i did a discipline with actually it was in the staff meeting here a few months ago i made them all write haikus about where they were with God. And it was a fascinating process because one, most of the people in the room aren't writers. They wouldn't even know where to start, so I had to explain what a haiku was. Two, they're good charismatics and they love worship and all the rest of it. And I actually (laughs) had the comment in the corner of the room, are we going to do some real worship this morning? (laughs) And the third thing was, when they did it, all of them, it was such an emotional moment because it made them think about, as it does for me when I do that sort of thing, it made them think about God in a way they had not thought, and they they kind of moved their brain half a step to the left so that they were seeing God from a slightly different angle. It was just so wonderful to see. Yeah. Um, And uh, that was God's idea, not mine, that needs to be pointed out.
1: Yeah. So if you want to join the holy haiku pathway, uh, we'll we'll release <laughs> Nigel's details at the end of the podcast. That's if, <laughs> if you can leave lust busters for long enough. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> what, what other pathways have we got then? Well, I
4: just think, you know, when we talk about pathways, it's a it's about, you know, do you like walking in nature? Do you connect with God in that way? Do you connect with God through music do you connect with God through books so there are different seasons when you would find that more life-giving and it's just understanding that knowing what you need really is important
3: yeah I agree I think walking is a is an underrated discipline not only is it good for us for our bodies but I think it also just I think it clears the mind and I think it really helps to focus on it either brings up thoughts that you've already that you kind of had bouncing around in there that need to come to the surface. But I think it also just creates space to be able to talk through things of God and to think through things. The other discipline I was gonna bring up is um, study. I think that we, I mean, we live in a culture that is very immediate. And I think if we're not careful, our preaching, or at least our consumption of preaching and worship is very based on the emotion we feel at the time and it's not based on uh where we take it next or how we take it further um nigel you 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 have a good bible brain and i have forgotten who are the 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 jewish people or the group of people who go and study it's an act 17 i think they go and study to see if paul they go into the scriptures and ask paul
0: you yeah, could be mentioning in any way obviously i know the bible off by heart cuz i am so spiritually mature but um i think well i don't know i'm thinking about the rabbis but you know the, this well the the rabbis what the rabbis did is they studied for a life but i don't know tom you'll have to you'll have to uh, maybe people could send in mystery postcards to us in order to be able to tell us what that is
4: start that up the mystery postcard thing again
0: i love that blessing thing with the postcards where we used to do a, a Prophetic activation where you had a postcard with a picture on it and you'd write on the other side, put it out, and then people would be able to pick it up by the picture anywhere and read the thing, and it was unbelievably accurate. It was wonderful. Sorry, Tom's still looking at his Bible. I found it. This is your new youth pastor, guys. He can't find Acts 17. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. The The,
1: the,
3: new Bur- Testament, Tom. <laughs> the, Bere- the Bereans.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I knew that.
4: Oh, absolutely. I think I did, too.
0: I thought Bereans was... Isn't that sort of um, uh, Mexican food? You've just reminded me of
1: another spiritual discipline that we touched on. Fasting.
2: Oh, oh, fasting. Stop
1: that. Now, I, I know I know. Some, some of us said that we, we struggle with that. I haven't. I haven't struggled with fasting, um, and uh, which is strange because I, I flippin' love food. I, I, I love it. I find fasting just so powerful especially with letting god know how serious i am about a, a certain situation it's normally uh, for for others rather than myself i don't tend to fast for myself it's it tends to be for for others who who are struggling and i think it it just as i said it it reminds me that every time my tummy grumbles and it does a lot <laughs> on, a, on a fast day it just reminds me hang on matt you know stop what you're doing and, and let's let's really, really get, get into this, no matter where I am. You know, I could be in a client meeting, grumble, grumble, grumble. Oh, sorry about that. Hang on a second. You know, and then my mind's back to God, you know, straight back where I should be.
3: So, sorry, to bring back to that study point that I am now prepared to make.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Acts 17, verse 11. It says that they received the word in all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Um And i feel like we we could do more to to go and explore the word of god and and, and examine the things that we're told by our pastors by our preachers etc that doesn't just have to be in my my head that isn't just read the bible again and again and again again although that's a great foundation it's things like listening to podcasts it's having different voices that you hear it's reading books and it's um it's challenging ourselves and i feel like as you do that you grow in understanding of who god is and it is a discipline to be undertaking those things and taking time in your day to try and grow your understanding of who god i think is. it's worth
0: saying just to add to that because tom i think is absolutely right you're allowed to disagree with podcasts you're allowed to disagree with the things you read yep. study doesn't work if you don't read things that challenge you yeah. study so important so i think peter vincent calls it you chew on the meat and you spit out the bones i think that's a really good way to think about it i just want to bring up a more challenging aspect and it's this okay we're talking about the fruit i'm going to take a step us back just to jesus i know it's a helpful thing to do in john 15 jesus says those that produce fruit they will be pruned so that they are even more fruitful. Now, the fruit of the spirit that we produce isn't an end to itself in the sense of as soon as you start showing kindness, well, he's kind, you know, it's not that. It is something to be grown. As Barbara said, it's over a lifetime. It's a it's a thing that we do forever. Have you found your fruitfulness to be pruned and grow more have you found that in your experience as your walk with God okay how have you found that with your experience and what with God?
4: yes I mean I can remember a, a season going back a few years now when my prayers hit the ceiling and I didn't sense God's presence and actually it was when I was at Bible college which was terrible <laughs> it was just dreadful at the time yet I saw such growth and one other time, I mean, I've already referred to losing Brian and the five years previous when Brian was ill, Matt, as you know, because I think it was, it, you came after this, but, but you knew Brian. and yeah. He was ill for a number of years and, and it was a, a terribly difficult time and yet I look back now and see such fruit in that time, a growing devotion between us because we were walking a journey that we hadn't walked before and so there was a deep devotion that grew and my relationship with God, I just had to throw myself on him even though, you know, sometimes grief and sorrow robs you of your emotions, you're numb, I didn't feel any sense and yet there was a deepening so much of my relationship with God and so yes and I think scripture talks about suffering producing endurance, then character, Mm -hmm. then hope. And it was what I saw. Yeah. I saw it, you know. But then I'm a bit older than you, Lot, so I've probably seen a bit more.
0: (laughs) You're not as much older than me as you (laughs) are them.
2: (laughs) I know Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) But that's really good stuff. Really good stuff. Thank you. What about you guys, despite your youth?
2: I was thinking of a couple. So I would say I've been married two whole months now, so I know I know a whole lot about that, (laughs) but, um, 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 but I was just thinking about how now being married, living together, things like that, you kind of come into it. I guess I came into it thinking I'm a pretty selfless person and now, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there, there are just moments where you kind of go, wow, I really thought that I had kind of gotten that down i mean obviously i hadn't thought that as i'm i'm young but you know in a sense you're like yeah i'm, I'm pretty good there i bet and,
1: you're more patient now though
2: oh yeah i'm growing there too um
1: <laughs> we're talking to you tom <laughs>
2: but i guess it, it's just kind of thing of like even in this relationship and being married the pruning that comes with it of being like oh no there's so much more that you can grow in here that you didn't realize before i was also thinking about generosity being a spiritual discipline Mm -hmm. and how I think as you grow with the Lord like when you first learn to be generous I feel like the Lord or at least my experience is the Lord is very quick to kind of that scripture that says when you give it will come back to you that that comes quite quickly and I've noticed that as you grow in generosity I almost feel like the Lord not that he's throwing challenges your way but I mean yeah even in a sense of like but will you give when you maybe only have x or will will you give in this situation will you give in this situation and that there's always room for growth because i think that's just how that's just how god is that's just who he is so yeah i don't know there's some places where i think i've seen pruning or growth in in those areas
1: faithfulness i think is the is the one for for me really really challenged That in other podcasts I've podcasts I've mentioned that when our business has gone through really, really tough times, just to throw yourself on God again, you know, and it's like he says, Okay, I'm gonna provide, I'm there, I'm I'm holding on to you, and then something big happens again, and he's saying, I'm I'm still here, you know, and, and really, really pushing you to the limit. I mean, if I look at the history of our business. Uh, and I won't say its name, it's not going to be a, a shameless plug, but um, uh, it, we've been through recession, we've been through Brexit, we've been through pandemic, um, and we're still here. But God told me right at the beginning it was still going to be here. It's But it, every time it's felt like a, you sure you trust me? You sure you trust me? You sure you're faithful? And now I can, I can comfortably say that, I believe that God is going to give me and our business our daily bread. Because mm-hmm. that's what he promised, right? He promised mm-hmm. to give us the daily bread. Not quarterly, <laughs> not not annually, you know, not five years ahead. Our daily bread. Mm-hmm because god does what he says he's going to do so yeah specifically in in the area of faithfulness that's where where i've received my pruning
0: okay so we do need to tie this up and to roll this up a bit i think there's a few things i want to say and i really feel one has got to be a book plug and it's a book plug i don't know whether anyone else will even know this book but we talked a lot about the spiritual disciplines and the best book i've ever read on the spiritual disciplines is richard foster's book
2: absolutely brilliant i that was going book. to talk i was going to say something about that actually so
0: obviously i've hit the hit the right tone there richard foster's book uh the spiritual disciplines is a classic it's the one they use at colleges and all sorts of things it gives a really good basic introduction to different spiritual disciplines it talks about it. Now, we haven't mentioned this specifically. Barbara happens also I understand to be a spiritual director, mm-hmm. which is a very old-fashioned term for somebody who will walk through this stuff with you and has done the reading and the study and the training in order to be able to help people grow. But you don't have to find yourself a spiritual director. You can find yourself a good friend. I always, always, always try and spend time with people who are bigger than me in their faith. It's so important because I am so aware of what a child I am when it comes to things. And I'm also aware there are people who look at me as one of the people who's bigger to spend time with. The best way I've heard this described is everybody should have a Timothy, everybody should have a Barnabas, and everybody should have a Paul. The Timothy is the one you you help and you lift up the barnabas is the one who's on the same level as you who you encourage each other and the paul is the one who is bigger than you and will lift you up and it is awesome stuff love that and i would also say join a house group we haven't said it enough in this join a house group because walking through stuff building relationships loving people is so important and i apologize profusely for talking so much but this is a subject i am so passionate about and it's so important because i think it always comes down to discipleship The failures of our churches, the failures of us as Christians and Christian leaders comes down to the fact we don't disciple people properly. We can do all the worship, everything as well as you want, but unless we connect with people and we draw them through like Jesus did, we will never see the, not revival, revival's great, but we will never see the sustained growth and depth of people. And I've talked a lot
1: there. I think that's a a perfect way to to wrap up so I just want to thank our guests Barbara, Tom, Noel thank you for joining us and thank you everybody who's listening
0: In the next episode of the Playmakers podcast we're going to talk about hope and joy among other things and we're going to ask the question what is our best defence as disciples of Jesus against the fear and anxiety of life we look forward to seeing you then